<laughs> hey, welcome, uh, welcome to grow all my friends, all my friends and family. This is gonna be a fun one. I got one of my really great friends, Justin Brackett from Digifor, founder, marketing wizard, um, Joel Osteen, aficionado, um, all around, just uh, great brain, great mind, great dad. Uh, most importantly, husband, kids. We're gonna jump all over the place, but um, yeah. Justin, to kick us off, man, what's been um, what's been like the most interesting thing you've been learning lately? You know, I am doubling down right now, Anthony, on emotional intelligence, and just and it's it. I well, like, we have to back all the way up and how figure out yeah. how I got here. Part of it yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. you and I talk about Enneagram, and some people love it, some people hate it. I like it just as a version. It just kind of calibrates and it lets you have a conversation. I, I, you know, I am a proponent of it, but I also am not a proponent of, with the way a lot of people um, militarize it. Yeah, and let yeah. Them, well, I am an Enneagram eight, so I'm just grumpy all the damn time, you know. And yeah. so it's like, no, 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 that's not okay, you know. I am an Enneagram eight, and part of it is, is I'm just real black and white, and so part of what the way I see life, the way I operate, the way I do business, and so for me, it's I, I'm just spending a lot of time right now talking to other people like yourself, just about perception. What does yeah. life mean? Like, what is it? How do you perceive me? Like when we're interacting, because I, I like I'm the most chill, easygoing guy you've ever met. And then I talk to my friends and they're like, and what weird dimension do you live in, dude? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so this season is just a lot about emotional intelligence. Um, you know, I, your devotion that you put out with the four agreements, um, like got me back into that book again. Yeah. Um, and so I reading your devotion and pick that book back up. I led my, my team threw it when I was on staff at Lakewood. Um, yeah. I just think there's some great stuff. So, uh, yeah. So again, that's just kind of what I'm thinking about these days. Yeah. It is interesting how emotional intelligence comes into marketing and how you choose to market something or how you choose to communicate. And so, yeah, that's kind yeah. of where I am right now. Tell me as an eight, what are your, uh -huh. what are your, what do people love about eights Enneagrams? It's What's the same thing that they hate about them. <laughs> Which and it's is... just like you're going to get the truth if you call me and ask me a question it's not i'm not beating around the bush it yeah. just is oh it's this is what i think and so people love it and they also hate it yeah um, you know and so there was a quote i read it was a it was not a quote is a meme and it was a meme about eights and it was like hey don't forget to be a friend to an eight they don't always like being the oracle in the room yeah you know, and yeah. so it just is, I have friends call me all the time saying, Hey, what do you think about this? Cause everyone mm -hmm. around me is not, I don't feel like he's being truthful with me or being honest with me. So will you tell me what you're thinking? And I love it. Like to yeah. me, that's the seed of honor and I yeah. appreciate it. And so, yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. so in that lane as well with kids, how do you just, you know, how do you massage the black and white with your kid? Cause you have yeah. three, four, three. Yep. Yep. And, we and got three. Ages, yep, three. Yeah. How does that work? 16, 14, and eight. And yeah. so, you know, my wife is an Enneagram nine. So she's the so, peacemaker. Yeah. So she's the peacemaker. And then years ago, you may remember, <laughs> there was another, <laughs> there was another personality test that kind of put people into like the lion, 
the otter, the golden uh-huh. retriever, the uh-huh. beaver, and those are the four classifications. So Samantha, my wife, is a nine, yeah, super peacemaker, but also a golden retriever. Like she is the most gentle spirited person you've ever met in your life. Oh, wow. She's very helpful. She's very just kind and compassionate and servant hearted. And yeah. so with me being the other end of that spectrum, we have a lot of contention in our home because yeah. it is, I want things done now and I want them done a certain way. And she's more like, Hey, we'll get to that tomorrow. And mm. I'm like, well, we got five minutes. Let's just get to it now. And so her and I've had a lot of conversations in the last two weeks, even about just, man, we've got two years left with our son and our yeah. home. If he chooses to stay longer, we would love to have that. But there's a lot of conversations about, Hey, like, Samantha, you need to be a little bit more of a, um, you need to be more of an enforcer. Yeah. Like push them a little bit more than you are. And her thing to me is, and you need to have more grace with them. You need to be a little bit slower. You need to be like, Hey, you want to play video games this afternoon versus, Hey guys, in 20 minutes, we're going to go and do X, Y, and Z. Yes. And there is. And so, yeah. So it does add an interesting dynamic to it, um, you know, and so with our 16-year-old Gabriel, it's interesting watching how he responds to me. And that's, you know, I think right now as I have different prayers that I'm praying for my kids, the one that I pray frequently for him is that we yeah. each day can find common ground because mm-hmm. he's wired a lot like his mom, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, he is a, you know, I've talked about it before, he's 6'2" probably about 175 pounds, just a big guy. I'm not big at all. Like he's way bigger than I am. Yeah. But he is the most gentle, spirited, kind, intuitive kid you've ever met in your life. And, you know, for me, it's always like, Hey, let's hurry up. Hey, let's go. Hey, can you do that faster? And it's just for him. It's just kind of like sit still and be in the moment. So yeah, being an Enneagram eight, like it's, I have to, I have to slow down a lot and tell myself purposely and you know, the joys of technology, I have things in my phone reminding me through the day, Hey, slow down. Hey, check on Anthony, see how he's doing. And again, some people get frustrated when I tell them that like, wait, I'm a part of your reminder system. Yes. Because I care about you that much. That's good. Let's, um, I, I love, I'm an eight as well. So I fully (laughs) get all of it. All of it. And yep. what you just said there with your calendar, yep. you know, there's there's um, a lot of business professionals, founders, entrepreneurs listening. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, dig, let's dig into, you know, fo- you have founder of a business, Christian, mm-hmm. calendar, mm-hmm. Enneagram 8, black and white. What, mm-hmm. what did the calendar, what does it reveal? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what does it help you do? So with owning a business, um, moving out of the church. So I was in the agency space first, actually nonprofit agency, yeah. then the church space, and then now back into the agency space. There have been seasons of life, Anthony, where my calendar ruled my life. And last year I made a decision that I was going to rule my calendar. Mm. Um, and I've got some, I've got some pretty big hairy goals for myself personally for the business. Um, and one of them is to work four days a week. And yeah. that's one of the hairy goals that I have right now that I can already start controlling. I can start scheduling my life into it. Um, but I also am very driven and very motivated. Um, like you, I've got, 
I've got the main company, Digifour, that I'm focused on, and it's getting 95% of my brain when it comes to work and yeah. that side of it. But I've got a few side hustles, if you can have mm -hmm. a side hustle while owning your own company. you know. And so it, I'm busy, and my brain is always going and thinking about the next thing and how do we make our clients more successful. But I also deeply care about my friends. Mm. Um, and sometimes I can go seasons in life if I'm not diligent in prioritizing, checking in on them or calling them or texting them. It's not that I don't care about them. I yeah. just get so focused on where we're going. Yeah. Everyone around me just feels like I have forgotten them or I just don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and so for me, calendar is I, the calendar is what sequences my life. And that's a term I'm using a lot right now, which is sequencing. And that's mm -hmm. really important to me just because like you and I, I love I, you and I exchange some fantastic photos on our afternoons off is what I call them. And it's part of that is it's because like over the last couple of years, you and I have got to know each other. And it's like, yeah. and I genuinely care about you and your family. Yeah, same. Like the way my way my brain works is if I don't have a reminder to check in with you, it's yeah. two o'clock in the morning when I'm like thinking about you. Yeah. And I want to have a conversation, not just text yeah. you and be like, yeah, bro. Um, and so there is some scheduling into it because yeah. it's important to me. And yeah. I, I, anyway, and I've lost friends through the years because of the way I'm wired, because they were like, hey, man, it just feels like you need something from me. You show up and it's like, hey, here's this. Mm -hmm. Can you help me? And so part of it is just, no, I don't, yeah. I don't want to be known as that ever. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. What, what do you think caused the, the move in your mind to get that calendar under control? Being frustrated that I never had time to do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And it was, I'm always working. Well, cool. Stop working. Stop scheduling yeah. meetings at seven o'clock at night. Or like, so it was more just, Oh yeah, I'm 44. Like I'm in the prime of my life. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, I don't have my kids in my home too terribly yeah. much longer because it went from those sleepless nights with toddlers and babies where you're like, oh my god, like can we just sleep through the night? To yeah. now sleepless nights where it's like, man, two more years, right? Two more years with my son, four more years with my first daughter, and then yeah. a long time with the, you know the youngest one. But it really was just prioritization, like. We've talked about it. I'm I have a huge proponent of entrepreneurialism, capitalism, mm -hmm. making a lot of money, doing great things with that money. But at the same time, like I don't get this time back yeah. with my family ever or with you. Like one of my best I have one of my core memories with you is us being um in Nashville and going to Holy Smokes. Like cause that was just like stuck in the phone booth. Yeah, absolutely. That was awesome. <laughs> just like, like stuck this. up in there. It was tight. Stuck in a red tight. red London yep. phone booth trying yep. to get into yep. a cigar <laughs> <Speakeasy>. bar. <laughs> but old Justin would have just stayed at that event and networked and networked and set up meetings and networked some more. And it was kind of yeah. like, no, like, and we ended up networking. It was part of, it was the best part of it for me, but it was just a, no, this is important. Like yeah. Anthony has become a good, a trusted friend and a trusted advisor. And let's, let's slow down and spend time. And so I think that's the other thing, Anthony, that as I have gotten older, mm. I've realized that my time has value Yeah, and I want to maximize it. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get that. I get yep. that. What about, um, let's, let's get your marketing brain spinning and, um, 
I'll give a, um, I'll give something your way because it, it came right. to me because I was looking at my website recently mm-hmm. and I'm sure other people have website and I know we've done some work together on web uh-huh. stuff. So I just, yep. I think you're just a wizard in that. So what I found on my website, the question mm-hmm. I have, so I'm just going to ask you is I found that my average time of a visitor was five minutes. What does that okay. mean? Five minutes is a long time for a website. It's a long time. A long time for a website. So kudos to you. Like you've got what it tells me is you've got good content, and the people who are coming upstream to you, whether yeah. that's organic Google search, social media, coming from your devotion, like yeah. they have some sort of human to human connection with you, uh-huh. and they're they're intrigued to learn more about you, to hear more about you, to hear more of your thoughts on things. And so yeah. and also, I also mean, it's apparently laid out pretty darn well. Cause that'd be the other thing you'd want to go back and look at is total time is fantastic. Yeah. Let's also look and see like how long are they on each page mm. um, and okay. see what that looks at. But yeah, okay. no, that's a, that's an eternity in the day and age yeah. that we live in. I, I, I still think it, I, I keep looking. I'm like, no, this has gotta mm. be something wrong or something. <laughs> Something's going on, but I know that, like, I know that, you know, most, what's normal website stuff? Uh, like three minutes. Three? Yeah. Wow. I mean, w- when you get into the five, it traditionally means there's a shopping cart experience. Like, I'm oh. shopping for something and going through the checkout process. Yeah. And for you, it's just fantastic content. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. We can talk yep. more. Well, what would you do at five minutes? Do you think I should have more stuff on there? Yeah. Like what? It, what would I? What should I do? Well, I, we got to go back. One of the things you should do is pull up, pull out your analytics, mm-hmm. Google Analytics, and just start looking at user flow because we always want that number to get bigger. Um, right. We want that's the number that we want to go to infinity bounce rates. We want to go to zero. You know, all the basic website marketing. So yeah. Then I would start looking at which page are most people leaving from, and okay. try to build a maybe it's a button in a mm. specific place it takes them into a deeper piece of the website or a part of the website um, i'd be looking at is when where are people getting lost in your website meaning again it's a high exit rate on this page it's the yeah. highest and so what i would do is start targeting the pages that have really high exit rates and really low time on page rates and start working on making those better um, yeah and sometimes it's just reorganizing content Sometimes mm-hmm. it is adding call to actions that pull them deeper into it. Um, I think for you, it's a great place for you to start thinking about on those pages where people are hanging out both for a long time yeah, and just for a short time, signing up. Hey, get my content in your inbox. Or the next okay. time I, I put a devotional out, yeah. get it in your inbox type stuff. And so that would be the next thing that you'll want to do is continue to grow that database. Because yeah. again... Five minutes is an eternity now. I think you might you may see that shrink. Um, yeah, you know, there's yeah. a lot of interesting things going on right now in the website space. We're seeing oh. a growth in people visiting websites on computers uh-huh. and shrinking with people visiting from a mobile device. And I don't huh. know if that's because we're starting to dichotomize our life a little bit more mm. or if social media is so taken over like our web experience or yeah. our app experience. Uh, you know, I'm still doing research on that, but across the board, we're seeing growth in people visiting websites from your computer. You know, yeah. two years ago, that what that number was dropping. Well, really for the last seven years, it's been dropping dramatically, but it has stabilized and started going back up. So back to you, I would just, let's, I'd look at those pages and see what we can yeah. do to improve them. 
Um, user surveys are the most underutilized thing I think people do across the board. Just ask your audience. Yeah. Hey, okay. Tell me what you like about my website. Tell me what you wish you could make better. Tell me what you think I should do. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's funny. Okay. We all know in marketing, like surveys hold so much gold, but I think we're all scared of them. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I know I've got, <laughs> I know there's a skeleton in that closet. I don't want you to tell me. No, about it. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me. Don't, don't tell me. Um, you, you touched on, um, database. Yep. And that word reminds me of, um, when we had kind of first met and you were sort of involved in, I'll let you kind of share what you were involved with and the size and the sheer numbers, mm -hmm. but then maybe break that down into like some practical lessons and takeaways for some smaller scale type businesses of, yeah. you know, in marketing and things like that. Cause sometimes when stuff is so big, like where you were mm -hmm. at, mm -hmm. it's like, well, of course you're so big. Like you've got all the resource yeah. you need in the world. Right. So go yep. ahead and maybe. Yep. Yeah. I mean, people have been saying it for a while, so it's not original to me, but no matter how big or small your personal brand is, your organization, your church, whatever, you want to focus on growing that database. And so Digifor has clients where we have one of our clients, I think has 210 people in their database. And like every time they go up by 10 people, it's like a, yeah. yeah, you know? And so then on the other end of the spectrum, uh, working with some of our largest clients, one of them has close to 20 million records in their database. You know? yeah. So it's the other end of the extreme. And it is, that's the gold because you can do. I mean, that's like a country. <laughs> it really is like it, it truly is a country and it's the interesting thing is is it's it's a pretty active database and wow. meaning like it's getting activity it is not siloed down where you're only sending stuff to one percent and then everything yeah, you know the yeah. other 99 is just sitting there you know but it, it's an active database and so i think that as and the reason it's so important is i mean goodness with all the stuff going on with facebook right now with you know Zuckerberg losing most of his fortune in the last little bit. Yeah. And now there's potentially class action and Congress might get involved with antitrust. And then, you know, then you're looking at Twitter and, you know, is the buyout going to happen with Musk? Don't know. Yeah. Seems real interesting. So people just always need to remember that that's rented space. Like, and at any point they may kick you to the curb because yeah. of your, orientation to faith, your mm -hmm. personal values, because you posted a mean tweet. That's a little close to home for some people, I'm sure. But, you know, it's all those things like you could be kicked to the curb overnight. Yeah. Um, and the database is really just your path back to your people. And yeah. So when you're thinking about your database, whether that's email marketing or SMS marketing, automation is a beautiful thing. Until it's not. Yeah. And sometimes people over automate because we got to automate. Well, what if we like, and it just gets really messy and real fast with automation or marketing automation, people forget the human element. Yeah. Marketing. And that like for you, 
people are less, I mean, it's a connection with you as a human. So then all yeah. of a sudden, if we take the humanness out of all your automation, whether it's email delivery or SMS delivery or whatever those may be, if it just becomes robotic and just buy, 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 yeah. like, no one wants that. Like I, I, I would argue with any marketer that's like, oh, you need to sell more that no, you don't, you need to be more human. Mm. You need to, you need to add value to people's lives. You need to show up with encouragement. You need to show up and say, Hey, here's a product that I think might help you. Yeah. Um, but it just can't be always selling. And so yeah. it, it is, yeah, it's just a, it's, it's, I think COVID showed us a lot too, coming out of the pandemic of what people's palatability is with mm -hmm. being marketed to and being sold to. I mean, a lot of companies went from being okay to being huge. Yeah. A lot of companies went from being huge to not existing anymore because they didn't pivot with that real, real well. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I mean, I, I you got to be, you got to remember the human element and you always got to be building trust. Yeah. You're either building, you're either depositing trust in your clients, you know, emotional equity bank yeah. or you're, you're, or you're withdrawing from it. And at some point you'll draw on the unsubscribe and then your database starts shrinking and that's a, another nightmare ish thing. But then the database is yours. It's, it, you know, yeah. you get to do with it within reason what you want to do with it. And there's so many marketing opportunities based on lookalike audiences or segmentation with that database. And so everyone, yeah. I mean, it, we've been marketers, we've all been saying it, you and I've talked about it for years now. It really is. You need to stay focused on growing that thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. How do you get a blue check on your Instagram account? Is there a hack? Apparently, is, there, is there a trick? Apparently, that's knowing that's what someone the people want to know. I think apparently knowing someone at Meta or Twitter is how you do it. Because, I mean, we're, we're working with some large brands right now. Yeah. That are in the, or they're in the news weekly. It's positive news. It's a yeah. reputable, you know, it's a, like Mashable and New York Times. Yeah. And, we're going through every 30 days resubmitting verification and it getting kicked back out. And then you'll read about someone that wasn't even like, there's a musician in the Christian space. She's not yeah. real well known. She plays the harp. She's fantastic musician, not really top of her game. Like not like yeah. she's not well known, yeah. but then she gets verified. And it's just this weird, like it makes there's hope, no there's sense. There's hope for guys like me. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, I have, don't get me wrong. I've asked to be verified multiple times because I've, for the last year, I've been dealing with an issue um, yeah. where, I mean, I was super happy with my 4,000 Instagram followers, like pickle yeah. pink. I mean, because I, I, anymore, it's just inspirational quotes and stories and landscape photos as a post and, you know, yeah. it's, it's fine. Uh but I think right now I have 15,000 followers because there is somebody out there or I'm stuck in some machine where I get all of these fake accounts. And so it is unequivocally fake. What you do you click think, on what do you think the percentage is now of these fake accounts? Following me? No, just I general? just think, I think, I feel like in general, like what, yeah. like if you look at, let's say how many it, followers you have uh -huh. and then you take in how many uh -huh. you think would be fake. And then you take in how many are actually seeing your posts? Like where yeah. are we at here? Oh uh, yeah. So following me fake, it is uh, about 10,000 of them. 
Um, how many people are seeing my post right now? About 250. You know, on yeah. a 4,000, like just my normal 4,000, yeah. that'd be okay numbers. Yeah. But so it's screwing me up with the algorithm because the algorithm is looking at how many accounts are following you, how many are interacting with you. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I had a conspiracy theory for a while. I thought someone was trying to sabotage me. And I'm like, I want a marketing company. Who would be trying to sabotage me? And so it was just one of those like... <laughs> Whatever. And I reached out to Instagram a couple of times and they're like, yeah, the best thing for you to do is just to go through and remove them. I'm like, do you know how long it's going to take me to go through and remove 10,000 fake followers? Yeah. <laughs> Who's got time Not for that? Happen. Not yeah, going to happen at all. Uh -huh. No. Uh -huh. No, there's, talk, there's hope for us all. <laughs> let's talk YouTube because you're like a YouTube wizard. Um, I enjoy it. What, like, what, is, what, is, what do people need to know about YouTube? That is the second largest search engine in the world. Yeah. And everyone forgets that. Like, and, and it's like, well, and then once you start thinking about it, when we talk, when we talk to our clients about, or when we do yeah. consulting just about YouTube, everyone's kind of like, oh, right. Google owns them. But yeah, yeah, you're not building your content like it's a search engine. Everybody is putting their content on YouTube as a media consumption outlet. So you as a content you know, maybe you're a business, maybe you're a church, and you're just putting your content out there to be consumed. Yeah. Your thinking is wrong. Your thinking needs to be, think of it as a search engine. Right. You know? And so a lot of what we're helping people think through is like what you name your videos should be the answer to someone's question. Meaning yeah. who's sitting in Google typing, you know, who is Justin Brackett? Who is yes. Anthony Thompson? And then the that is what the video itself, the content is answering that question. Or yeah, how no, about like Justin is, Brackett has fake followers? Find <laughs> out here. Does Justin Brackett have fake followers? Yeah. I mean, so it really needs to be your content needs to be positioned to answer people's questions. Mm, is and, Justin I mean, Brackett a hoax? Find out here. We should do a video about that. It's going to be the name of this podcast. I love it. I can't wait to see the comments on that one. <laughs> that's really that, that's a really good input though there on YouTube because like you said people just think of it as more of a television channel rather than uh you know um like you said answering someone's answering someone's problems and I know for me yep. I don't know about you but when it comes to fixing anything in the house I'm that's, on YouTube. I mean, you absolutely. know I've fixed my dishwasher, I fixed uh -huh. You know, windows, uh -huh. you know, and, that, and that's exactly uh -huh. like you just said, you know, how to blah, 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 blah. So yep. if you think in yep. those terms, yeah, that's a really what what else is um, what else is some things on YouTube that you love? Well, I, so you're on it like and that's I do the same thing. I got the new iPhone Friday and, oh, did you? and I was yeah, I love it. But I was also changing cell phone providers with okay. it. And I got jammed. Like it wasn't moving, wasn't moving, wasn't moving. And I knew Apple was going to be flooded with, you know, delivery day and everyone else. And so I got on YouTube and sure enough, two hours earlier, some dude had figured it out, did a screenshot. And it was one slider in one of the deep settings that if you went and turned it back off, yeah, it would march right through it. And it's, again, I was asking a question. Someone else yeah. had already found the answer and yeah. provided it. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, it is interesting, too, to me with YouTube, like 
I don't see YouTube growth slowing down. I think going through COVID and the pandemic, I think it exploded. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people are, I hear, we hear clients and we hear um, organizations, both for-profit, non-profit saying, well, we probably missed the train on YouTube. And I'm like, yeah, no, not at all. I mean, yeah. and they actually make it pretty darn easy for you to make money on it too. So if yeah. you, if, if you if you're willing to double down on it and um, really focus on it, it can have a monetary reward for you pretty darn fast. I mean, yeah. I have a phone call this afternoon with one of our clients where they want to increase their revenue stream by 50% next year. And so we're starting to lay out the strategy with we're going to get the almost the exact same type of content that we've been getting for the last two years, but we're going to double down and look at what is out there? What what can we start doing with YouTube to increase the revenue share on that? So, what's yeah, the length? What's the sweet spot in in length on YouTube? Seven minutes seems to be the sweet spot right now. Yeah. And again, I don't. I, I think the the thing that people think is like, oh, well, I just did a long form content, like you and I. We've been talking twenty eight minutes. You're not going to go through and segment it out. It's just taking yeah. pieces of it and then driving the traffic back to it. Um, mm -hmm. and a lot of people are underutilizing chapters in the YouTube videos where it's, hey, Justin and Anthony talked about YouTube marketing at minute 28. And yeah. so letting the user be able to go and click and not have to scrub through it or find it. And so, yeah, but I, I it YouTube has its own algorithm like everything does. Of course, yeah. it does. It's owned, it's owned by Google. And part of what we have realized is that like Facebook's algorithm it encourages and it rewards consistency and content yeah and consistency and posting yeah and if you can if you can put your content into a calendar where tuesdays every tuesday there's that new content coming out or thursday whatever works for your schedule and then the content type is similar it starts rewarding you pretty darn fast but most mm. people don't go into it with a with a long the long game and in, in, in mind. Yeah. They just really, Oh, I got a video idea. No, great. That's awesome. Unless it's like how to update your iPhone 14 right now or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. That's real time sensitive. It's just better to sit on it and build a, put some in the can, get four or five videos ready to go and then roll them out. So, yeah. Yeah. And what, a, what about the, um, the image on the, on the front? Yeah. Thumbnails are important. They're, thumbnails. they are, yeah, they've been devalued a little bit by YouTube themselves, like, you know, but it is important. Uh, we also see, we encourage our clients um, who are putting out content consistently that yeah, once, twice, maybe three times a year, go through and change out all the thumbnails on your best performing videos. Mm. And what it is, is... Kind of so, like Netflix does that, don't they? Very Have much, you noticed yeah, that? Very much so. Very much so. And it, like it works, right? Because covers. if you spend a bunch Yeah. So if you spend a bunch of time on Netflix, yeah. you're just mentally uh I've watched that, I've watched that, I've watched that, I've watched that. And so yeah. really what you're trying to do with the changing out the thumbnails on YouTube is just slowing someone's scroll down. Yeah. It's slowly, uh, have I seen that one? And if they click on it and then it you know, and so it it is getting attention. You're yeah. buying for people's attention. But yeah, they're important. You know, a lot of people like to argue about does what is written on the thumbnail matter mm -hmm. or what does it look like? I say it does. I think that what it looks like, again, you're just trying to get people to slow down 
click on it. And then we know, I mean, you have a phone. I mean, everybody has a smartphone now. We know that yeah. Google reads images because you can hold it up, take a picture, and it'll, tell, it'll translate it. So you know it's reading it. So they are reading the copy on the thumbnails, um, and it's important. Wow. One of the things... One of the things that people also fail to do that is great little SEO YouTube tip 101 yeah. is it, if you have a physical brick and mortar business and you're putting up videos, like going in and actually geotagging and saying this video was recorded at our brick and mortar address. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people just blow through that and it's all part of search and it's all part of people finding you yeah, and you providing the answer to their question. Yeah, that's good, man. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about growth for you uh, mm-hmm. spiritually and personally, and how do you track it? Man, so personally, it is directly tied to finances. Cause yeah. I, like we talked about at the beginning, I've got some pretty hairy goals with what I want to do financially with growing the business, yeah. uh, with getting, so I own an agency, love yeah. it, love it, love it, love it. This is my third agency. Yeah. The second agency didn't go well. We filed for bankruptcy. And so like, so I am very keen on where we are financially and also the type of decisions that I'm making connected to that. Cause we've yeah. already gone through the heartache of a bankruptcy connected to an agency. And that that's a whole nother podcast later that we can talk about, which is partnerships yeah. and getting into business partnerships. And I, I, I made some major mistakes with that. And so, but anyways, personally, it's also like my mental state, like how do I feel? And so I don't have anything, Anthony, that I am like physically tracking it. Like what it is, I am getting more and more into just like, um, whoop, I don't have mine on, it's charging. So like device, digital devices are helping you with your exercise and your eating and mm-hmm. your calorie count and your sleep and all that type of stuff. At 44, I have to, I'm a horrible sleeper, but that helps me start trying to figure out, is it mental? Is it dietary? Is it stress? Is it all that type of stuff? And what so kind I don't of have sleep anything. do you want? So I traditionally sleep to 10 to two. And so 10 in the evening to about two o'clock in the morning, yeah. and I'm up. And so I just like, usually about this time of the day, it's almost three o'clock in the afternoon, my time. It, it's just all out or to stay focused and it is more just, I just want to sleep and I want to rest and I want to wake up refreshed. Um, and so, you know, and I've been, I've been dealing with this since 2008 and I have looked at everything from. Have you got, have you done meditating? I have, I've done meditating. I've done exercise. I've done prescription. I've done like organic and I've done everything. So I've done therapy over it. I've gone, (laughs) I literally tried everything. And so it is, you know, but it also has become, I, I've tried to reframe the way I think about it, Anthony versus, oh my God, I can't sleep and some yeah. sucks. And it's okay. Maybe it's my superpower. Maybe it's, what? this is my time. And that's what yeah. I read. So when I get up at two, it's when I'm usually catching up on like marketing and wow. what are the trends, what are people saying and that type of stuff. And then so, you're awake yeah. from two. Yeah. You know, around traditionally around five o'clock, I usually take a little cat nap before, you know, the okay. whole family's getting up at six. So, you know, five to six 30, taking another little cat nap. Are yeah. you familiar with polyphonic sleep cycles? Polyphasics? I, I feel like so, I need to. I can't remember which uh, Tim Ferriss book it was. Okay. Um, it was one of those, whether it was 
uh, four hour body work week. I can't remember yep. which one, but yep. he goes through different ways to sleep. And one of the reasons being was that some guys would rather they sleep shorter at night and then they would have mm -hmm. a, a nap in the day mm -hmm. and they would just, and they would, they would bounce that way. And yep. that would allow them to have, and, and, and there's, there's, there's actually a system for it mm -hmm. where it, keeps, you know, everything going and regulated and all that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, the traditional mm -hmm. ways, you know, you go to bed or whatever, mm -hmm. you get your eight hours of sleep and whatever. Well, yep. there was different ways that they were going about it. So your body still can get the REM and the deep sleep to be able to, yep. like you said, so you're functioning in your brain. Uh, I'd be, um, it sounds like you're like almost doing that without even realizing that you're doing it. I'll have to go and find that. Cause that's really intriguing to me because it, I, you know, Again, I've been dealing with this since 2008, yeah. and so you just kind of start making it work. Yeah, and and you find your path forward through it. So yeah, yeah. So on Whoop, are you still tracking your sleep? Yeah, yeah. How much how much REM sleep are you getting? Um, good question. Let me. I was a little bit lower than normal. I had a 93 percent recovery today. Yep. I had eight hours and 24 minutes. I had an hour and 35 of REM last night, nice, nice. which is a little bit lower than my normal full, full mode. And I think because I had a uh, Pepsi Zero yesterday uh -huh. driving back uh -huh. from wherever I was because uh -huh. I had caffeine. And I've noticed yep. that when I, the days when I have caffeine, especially later in the day, yep. Yep. my REM and my deep sleep comes down. Yep, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking for mine. Let's see if I can find it. What's yours? All right. So I usually get on average 55 minutes to 65 minutes of REM sleep a night. Okay. And so, and I spend most of my sleep in light sleep. Yeah. And that's the reason I love they're tracking. Yeah. Like I'm seeing stuff about, and I've tried other apps through the years, but I love how they track it. And it just, it's it helped, it helped me a lot. Just think through. Yeah. yeah I, I do feel tired today because I never really like, you can see it's the very sporadic, like, yeah, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. And but I, I like also it. noticed that if you have any, um, there's certain things, you know, eating late sugar, yep. you know, yep. it'll, it'll spike, you know, whatever it'll, it'll mess, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff up. So, and I have to be real careful with what I watch before I start going down, like wow. to go to sleep and it's, I can watch sports. I can watch YouTube videos, but if it's anything that like, if it's business related or yeah. if it's something you have to think about, yeah, I'm, I'm ruined. <laughs> yeah. It messes you up. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, but the other side of your question was spiritual and tracking that. So yeah. I'm a part of a men's group, and so I grew up in the church. My dad was a Southern Baptist pastor, and so now growing up, they always talked about accountability groups. Yeah. It was like yeah. Well, like when I think about that now, it's kind of like oh, like it was just a bunch of us guys talking about stuff that we shouldn't have been talking about, and no one had a path, and it was just kind of like I mean, yeah, it's kind of what you do. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see now, two, four, six years ago, five and a half, six years ago, I got into a men's group. Um, yeah. Some people would call it a Bible study, but it's just six guys and 
Most of them have been there. We've two guys have come uh, left the group and we brought two more guys back in. Um, but it just is, it, it is, it's my North. Like it is, yeah. it's what centers me spiritually. And I, they meet in person every week. Um, I did the first two years when we lived in Charleston. Yeah. But I zoom in every, yeah. every Wednesday morning. Yeah. And just being around guys that are super honest about, man, my life sucks this week, or, hey, I've been fighting my wife, I've been fighting with my kids, or my boss yeah. is just a jerk. What am I yeah. doing? And it's it is, it's not that it's a talking down session about yeah. anything. It's just is there's just something very empowering and very spiritually uplifting for me just to sit and talk with guys that I trust, who I can be vulnerable with, saying, uh... I, I'm dealing with imposter syndrome this week yeah. because we just landed this monster client. And I think I oversold this or mm. oversold that. And it's just having, and them knowing you and knowing yeah. your struggles to be able to say, now you're good. Like you're not, that's, that's not true. Or here's why it's not true. Um, and so for me, while we attend church that Thursday or Wednesday moves a little bit, that, yeah. that zoom call for me is as much church and as much about my spiritual formation in this season. It's just about anything else. And sometimes we read a book. Most of the time it's an hour to an hour and a half of us just talking about life. It's yeah. talking about, Hey, my kid's dealing with this. Or, you know, one of the guys is recently sold a house, moved across town and bought a house. that just has come with a lot of issues. And yeah. while, yeah, he's dealing with the house issues. He's got a child that's dealing with a bunch of stuff, and then he's got family issues and both sides of the family and health issues. And so it's yeah. just being able to sit and be vulnerable and be human. Yeah, um, is that really is what is tracking or guiding my spiritual formation in this day? In these days, I do a lot of reading, a lot of that, but it really is the reading just becomes this. Uh, it's a great way of thinking about it. And then this guy's group is a great way of putting it into use and working yeah. it out and working out our faith in community. Yeah, it's good, man. Any, um, you, you mentioned reading there at the end, what, um, any takeaway books that are, that are resonating with you lately? You know, the funny thing is, is right now I, I'm not reading anything new. I'm going back through a lot of what I call, call yeah. old classics. Yeah. Um, I'm reading a lot of Brene. Nope. Brenning Manning right now. I'm going to say Brene okay. Brown. I am reading some of her stuff, but Brenning Brand. Good night. Brenning Manning. Brenning Manning. His stuff. Yep. Reading his stuff again. Yeah. Um, reading some Larry Crabb stuff right now, too. Just like stuff that was early 2000s that came out that really yeah. just wrecked my life and going yeah. back through those and just, and I'm doing it more just to be able to see, was it a moment in time that it just was part of it or was this, or was there just some really solid stuff in it? And what I'm finding out is that it's just really solid stuff. Um, yeah. Yep. Reading Wild at Heart again, which is another one of those early 2000s books. And it's just good to go back through and be like, man, this stuff was so important to my early adulthood and yeah. how I might the formation of my faith and rereading it. So, yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Mm -hmm. I want to end this podcast a little different. I want to have you pray yeah. uh, for everyone who's listening, man. I just feel like you've got um a great spirit and word mm. and and prayer mm. for for people listening so i'm just gonna let you let it rip man love it love it man god thank you so much for just the opportunity to sit and talk with anthony um 
I just think it is, this is the type of conversations the world is so desperately in need of, where we just get to sit and talk about things that we agree upon, things that are inspiring, things that are positive. And so God, I pray for everyone who is listening to this podcast that A, in this moment, that we would be okay to just sit quietly and to hear your voice. Because I pray, God, that even in this moment, as people are listening to this podcast, that you would speak truth to them right now, that you would just speak deeply to them um, the thing that they need to hear from you about today. And God, I pray if they are struggling with decisions or if they're struggling with just career choices or just life in general, that they would know that you have a plan for their life, that you love them deeply, um, and that there are people around them that want to be a part of their life and that want to help walk through this season with them. And God, I pray that you would come close and that you would let us hear your voice and that we would be reminded of what you see in us um, and what you've done for us. And God, thank you for this opportunity just to sit with Anthony and talk about life. Uh, we love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen, brother. Appreciate you coming out, hanging out chatting about all the different things we get to chat about, man, and find out the hoax of your Instagram account. Always good to know about that. So uh, it's good, man. I'll um, I'll keep up with you and uh, everybody who's listening. Thanks for listening, watching, and subscribing, sharing, and praying, and all that good stuff. So we'll catch you all on the next one. God bless. Yeah, man.